Is everybody doing good today? Praise the Lord. John chapter 14, verse uh, 16 and verse 17. We're going to look at the wonderful, wonderful heavenly helper, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. From John chapter 14, and we notice in verse 16, and we're going to go ahead and dismiss the junior high at this time. So you have a glorious class. Junior high is dismissed. John 14, verse 16. He said, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Now the word another there in the Greek literally means another of the same kind. So Jesus was fixing to leave. And he was consoling the disciples and he said, look, take heart. There's one coming. He's called your heavenly helper. He's going to assist you. He's going to encourage you. And he is your parakletos, literally in the Greek. When it talks about the comforter, the word comforter there means the one that is called alongside to help you. I got a question for you this morning. Does anybody need help? I'm going to raise both hands. Amen. And I'll, if I had a third and fourth, I'd raise it for you as well. No, we all need help. Now notice with me that the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. And so what they've got to do is set up counterfeits. Is that not right? And they clothe it in the new age religion and they clothe it in Eastern religion. Sometimes you'll drive down the street and you will see tarot card reading And the palm readers, those are all counterfeits of the Holy Spirit. See, the world doesn't know Him. The world has no clue about the Holy Spirit. But you and I do have a clue. Because He shall be in you. Hallelujah. Say with me, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. In the Amplified, in verse 16, He said, And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another comforter. And there he defines what the word comforter means. He's your counselor, your helper, your intercessor, your advocate, your strengthener, and your standby. That he may remain with you forever. I am glad for such help. I am glad that heaven has sent the heavenly helper And in my time of trouble, I can call unto him because I have discovered that God is my refuge, a very present help, a very present comfort in a time of trouble. Friends, he would have never sent the comforter if you and I did not need comfort. Hallelujah. It is the will of God. It is the plan of God for you to be comforted. Comforted in your spirit. Comforted in your mind. God doesn't want you going through life full of anxiety, full of care, and full of worry. I prophesy to you today, the comforter has come. And you can live in a peace that passes all understanding. Because the comforter has come. You can be comfortable in your own skin. You do not have to be moved by what others say about you or by what others think about you. You do not have to be moved about your past. You do not have to be moved about your lack of education. 
Nobody can define who you are. The definition of who you are is in Christ Jesus, bought by the blood of the Lamb, overcoming all obstacles. You are accepted in the beloved. You are not the rejected trying to be accepted, but you are the accepted and Satan is trying to reject you. He is the comforter. He wants you to have comfort in your relationships. Comfort in your finances. Comfort in your home. He wants you to be comfortable right here in your local church. Somebody shout, the comforter has come. He is my counselor. If it's wisdom you need and it's counsel that you need, he is your counselor. The wisdom of God flows from the spirit of grace, giving you insight and revelation and how to live in this life. If you need help, he is your helper. If you need intercession, he is your divine intervention. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel like preaching this morning. The word intercession means intervention. He is the one sent from heaven. He is the divine third person of the Godhead. And he gives divine intervention. Glory to God. In whatever situation you face, hallelujah, you can look unto him. And the divine intervention belongs to you. Hallelujah. I wish I could get somebody to help me to preach today. In life, sometimes we get weakened, but I prophesy to you today that he is your strengthener. He will strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man. Sometimes you might feel a little down, but I prophesy to you this morning that he is the glory and he is the lifter up of your head. When you've lost your way and you don't know which way to go, he'll be your guide. He'll get you off the wrong path and put you on the right path. He will lead you. He will guide you into all the truth. Amen. And if you need healing today, he's your quickener. I said he's your quickener. For the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He that raised him, he will quicken your mortal body. Not only will he comfort you, but he will counsel you. He will help you. He will give you divine intervention. He will lift you and he will be your advocate. If you get in trouble and you need a lawyer, call unto him. Hallelujah. His fees are free. He's never lost a case. His father is the judge. Come on, somebody. His father is the judge. Hallelujah. His father is the judge. He's never, ever lost a case. You see, as your advocate, he pleads your case. He supports you. The word advocate, hallelujah, means he's your lawyer. But also he's your standby. I looked up the word standby the other day and I discovered that the word standby means he's my anchor. He's my mainstay. He is my pillar. He is my reliance. Standby, it means that he is one to be relied on, especially in emergencies. He is a favorite or reliable source of resources, one that is held ready in reserve for your help. I'm telling you, the comforter has come. I said the comforter has come. Turn with me to John 16, if you would. Oh, what a promise. What a plan. What a planner. Hallelujah. 
And I want you to know that he's a real person. I want you to pay attention in John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8, and verse 13 and 14 and 15, how many times the word he or him is used. Are you ready? How many will help me count today? I didn't count so good in the first service, but I'm getting quicker and brighter every day. Notice with me in verse 8, and I want you to read with me to participate. Verse 7, actually. Ready? Read. I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send who? So how many times is he or him used? Thank you, class. Verse 8. And when he is come... He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. How many times do you see the word he there? Two. So a total of three, right? Read verse 13 with me. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Okay, class. Six times, right? For a total of what? Total of nine. Amen. Verse 14. Read, read. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. How many times? So a total of what? Eleven. Verse 15. Ready, read. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine... And shall show it unto you. So how many times? And a total of? So 12 times. 12 times. I think that that's significant. 12 times in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 verses is the Holy Spirit referred to as a person. He is a real person. And he will give you real help. I have a question for you today. How many of you need some real help? We need some real help. Look at your neighbor and say, you really need help. Well, I got good news. Help is here. The comforter's here. Amen. Look at Pastor Mark and say, you really need help. (laughs) Amen. I receive it. I am not too proud to know that I need all the help I can get. But you know what? He's all the help I need. And he's all the help you need. He is your assistant. He is one employed to help you and to help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at verse 7 in the Amplified of John 16. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, Stand by, will not come to you. He will not come into close fellowship with you. But if I do go away, 
I will send you the Comforter, the Helper, the Advocate, the Intercessor, the Strengthener, and the Standby. And I will not only send Him to help you, but I will send Him into close fellowship with you. You know what fellowship is, don't you? Fellowship is two fellows in the same ship. And down from heaven came the Holy Ghost. In the old English word, ghost was used as guest. Down from heaven came the holy guest. And this holy guest has been sent so that you might commune with him. He will always point you to Jesus. And he will always disclose and transmit and declare unto you. And make known unto you the Father's will and whatever Jesus has said unto you. I'm telling you, he is not just a hitchhiker through life. He is your holy ghost. He is your holy guest and you can know him and he can become more real to you than the very chair that you sit in. Woo, glory. The Holy Ghost is the believer's advantage. He says, you think it's been good up to this point, but I want you to know it's about to get better. Because there's coming from heaven, the heavenly helper. And there did come from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled every one of them with heaven's help. Hallelujah. And they went forth from that upper room. Glory to God. Filled with fire. Filled with help. And filled with the Holy Ghost. He can become more real to you than he is today. My prayer for my life is that the Holy Spirit would become more real to me day by day. And that I would be able to pick up on His leadings. And that I would be able to pick up on His cues. And in the areas that I've missed it before, He will help me not to miss it again. In the areas where I've gotten a hurry and gotten out ahead of Him before, that He will check me and I will pick up on His cues and I will walk in the Spirit and walk in close fellowship with Him, coming to a place, glory to God, where Jesus is glorified. And that is my prayer for you, that you will be led by Him. And that He will not just be on paper a divine person, but He will be in your heart Someone that you can fellowship with. Someone that you can look to. Someone that you can check in with. Oh, hallelujah. Say it with me. Help is mine. Heavenly help is mine today. You see, the question I have for you is, do you want to go through your life on your own or with His help? Do you want to be on your own or do you want his help? Yes. November, or in uh, verse 13, it says that he will guide you into all the truth. Now, what does the truth do, saints? The truth sets you free, right? I believe this. When we lean heavily upon his help, he will guide us, he will lead us, and there will come such a freedom into our lives that we have never, ever known before. But not only will He help us, but He also will give you a glimpse of your future. He will show us things to come. Now notice with me in the Amplified Version in verse 13 of John chapter 16. And I want us to see this in verses 
13 through verse 15. Are you ready? Oh, hallelujah. Now notice he says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, he will always lead you and guide you in line with the word. He will not go outside the parameters of the word. He'll never glorify himself. He will always glorify Jesus, right? He will guide you into all the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help him God. The full truth. Now, I love these next few verses of Scripture. These will minister to your heart today. For he shall not speak his own message or on his own authority. But he will tell you whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce, he will declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He knows the future better than you know the past. And he will give you a glimpse of it. Look with me in the next verse in 14. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of, he will receive and draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Say it with me. He will reveal. He will declare, he will, declare. He, will he will disclose, and transmit, and transmit. unto me, me. What, I what I need to know about this day, about, this about, tomorrow, about tomorrow, and about my future. Now read verse 15 with me, and let's read it and get real happy. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said... That he, the spirit, will take the things in our mind and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it unto you. Oh my goodness, that's good news. Listen, you have a hotline to heaven. You can go right to the source. You can know what is right and what is truth for your life in every situation. You can know whether to buy that home or not. You can know whether to sell those stocks or not. You can know whether to marry that person or not. Amen. You can know which freeway to take on the way home today. I'm telling you, he knows everything. And he does not mind giving you some inside information. Inside information. And it would pay us rich dividends then to become holy guest minded. Or holy ghost minded. Or God inside minded. For God is not a head, nor is God a body. But God is a spirit. And you are spirit beings created in his image and in his likeness. And God, who is a spirit, communicates with you and I down here in our spirit. He knows everything and he's here to help you. He knows whether you should have that surgery or not. 
He knows whether you should have that chemotherapy or not. I'm telling you, he knows everything. And listen, if you'll just be conscious of him and just spend some time waiting on him, he will transmit. He will reveal. He will disclose the father's will for your life. For there is a will in the earth today, and it is the will of God. No other will is worth anything. Only the will of the Father. And only the Father's perfect plan is what you want and what you desire. So pray, Father, thy will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. As it is in your heart. Lord what is in your heart. May it be imparted into my heart. For the spirit of knowing. And the spirit of truth. Abides within me. I know what to do. I know where to go. For the holy guest leads me. And guides me. Into all the truth for my life. Oh let's raise our hands. And thank him for that. So he he knows what's right. Doesn't he? He knows what's right. Don't be led by price. Be led by the Spirit. So oftentimes we as human beings, we're led by, well, how much does it cost? The Bible doesn't say as many as are led by cost. They are the sons of God. I mean, even a pair of shoes. Now, I know my wife is anointed to buy shoes. I am telling you. The girl's got an anointing on her feet. I mean, we were at Macy's the other day. The man of God says, let's go buy some shoes. Well, you better back up those words. And you better be willing to pay some time, too. You know, so we went into Macy's. The girl's anointed to buy shoes. The girl's, her feet are anointed. God leads her. God guides her to the right shoes. I'm telling you, he does. And not only that, he leads her and guides her to the right person to wait on her because she got the Macy's discount. And the pastor just about went ballistic and got happy in the Lord. Amen. Let me ask you something. Does God care about your feet? Does God care about your life? Let God lead you. Let God guide you even into the minute details of your life. But if you get so caught up in your soul and caught up in your mind and your will and your emotions, you look at the price tag sometimes, you'll think, no way. But how many of you know, God knows what's best for you. And you might pay $10, $20 extra, but those shoes last you three years longer than those cheap pair would have lost you last year. Yeah, it'll last you three days. I know I'm preaching good now. You start preaching about women's shoes, you got their attention, right? I know I'm preaching good now. He knows everything. He knows everything about everything. He knows what diet will work for you. He knows what diet won't work for you. He knows whether you should go on a diet or whether you shouldn't go on a diet. I don't know. And I don't really care. But he knows. And he cares. 
He knows everything. He knows everything about everything. Now, you want to know what the problem is? The problem is, is we as human beings sometimes take things into our own hands. You know, years ago, when Facebook, Facebook first came out, and Brenda has an account and I like to eavesdrop. So don't get on Facebook if you don't want the pastor to know. But, you know, I noticed um, people say, I just checked in at Starbucks. Or sometimes you see, I just checked in at Heart of the Bay Christian Center. What does that mean? I just got there. Okay. Uh, I just checked in at Chico's. You know. I, 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 I just checked in at Cheesecake Factory. So what they're saying is, I, I, just, I just checked in, right? Well, I think that's okay and that's fine. But I think that you and I ought to check in with the Holy Spirit before we do anything. I'm talking about at the top of the day, not in the middle of the day, not at the end of the day. Oh, by the way, Lord, is that okay? You've already done it. Hello! (laughs) Pastor Mark just checked in with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has a plan for my life. I'm going to ask it again. Which one? Your own help or divine help? Look with me at Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. You know, we preach a little and we get inspired and get some inspiration. But I want to teach you just a little while today. I'm checking in with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. He will lead you and guide you into all the truth for your life. Romans 8.26. Now notice the context of Romans 8.26 It is in the context of prayer. Everyone say prayer. Prayer. Okay. In verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Let me ask you this. You ever had a burden to pray? And you just didn't know exactly what it was? And you really didn't know how to pray or what to pray for as you ought to pray? See, there's a lot of things that we don't know that we really can know if we check in. And so likewise, also the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. That word infirmities there means our inability to produce results. I know you've discovered this. Without Him, you can't do anything. That's true. But the good news is we're not without him. And so he helps us with our inabilities to produce results. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Notice with me, the Spirit himself is right there to enable us to pray. Amen. And to pray according to the will of God as we ought to pray. Notice with me in verse 27. 
of Romans chapter 8. In verse 27, it says, He that searcheth the hearts, he knows what the mind of the Spirit is. So what this is saying, the Holy Spirit knows how you ought to pray. He knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Okay? And he that searched the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints in accordance to the will of God. So now how does this translate? You get a burden to pray. You're not sure what to pray or how to pray, but you check in with him. And you say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to pray. And what the Holy Spirit will do is he will take hold along with you and he will give you the ability and the utterance to pray through that which you ought to pray through. Now, if that works in prayer, that works in every area of our lives. There are quite frankly some things we don't know. There are some things that are unfruitful to our mind. There are some things that we ought to know. Are you listening? Turn me to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and notice with me in verse 2. And this is one of the things and the benefits of having the Holy Spirit in your life. From 1 Corinthians 8, 2 it says, "And And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knows nothing... As he ought to know. He, he know, Come on now. He knows nothing. As he, In other words, there's a whole bunch we ought to know. And about the time we think we know it all, we haven't even left the house yet. There are some things you ought to know. And he knows them. And if you check in with him, he'll make it known to you. He'll show you. He will lead you. And he will guide you. Now, the problem is, is we're living too much up here. Look with me at Proverbs chapter 3. Are you still with me this morning? Proverbs, the third chapter. And I want us to notice in the fifth verse, this is a very interesting verse here. It says, trust in the Lord or be confident in the Lord. With all of your heart, or in other words, with your inner man, with your spirit, where God lives. Where the holy guest lives. So trust in him with all your heart. And lean not unto thy own. (laughs) Come on. We could say it this way. Trust in the Lord with your heart, not your head. If you're going to lean on anyone, lean on me. That's what the Lord is saying. Lean on me when you're not strong. And I'll strengthen you with might by my spirit in the inner man. Lean on me when you don't know what to do. And I by my spirit will show you and lead you and guide you and give you what you should do. Amen. Lean on me. Amen. Some of you have been leaning way too long on your head. It's time to get back and lean on him. What do you say, Lord? Check in with him. Lean on him. You getting that? Now, in years past, I used file cabinets more than I use now. How many of you still have file cabinets? Now, upstairs in Jane Mayorga's office, who's our secretary, I have a great, big, huge file cabinet. 
And I have sermons back there from 1982. Some of them aren't preachable today. But I have some sermons back there and, you know, some of them look like chicken scratch. And uh, you think my chicken scratch is bad. You ought to say, well, I better not say that. And, uh, you know, Jane can testify to this. And, uh, you know, I'm the kind of guy who needs plenty of help. And uh, plenty of help organizing things. And sometimes I'll take a sermon that I preached in the past and I'll put it away. And then two, three years later, I'm saying, I wonder where that is. I wonder where that is. So I'll get up in my file cabinet and I'll take all my sermons out. And I'll put them on the floor and I can't find them. And I'll look at my drawer at home and I can't find it. And I just know that that sermon's somewhere, but I can't put my finger on it. Finally, bing, there comes an understanding and a revelation. Guess what? The sermon's not there. The sermon's not in your file cabinet. And that's what we do spiritually. We're looking to God for something. And instead of checking in with Him, we're looking out here. And we're looking out there. And we're hearing this voice over there. And that voice over there. And finally, we get to a point where frustration, I got a word for you. The answer is not in your mental file cabinet. Your answer is in your heart. I said your answer is in your heart. And the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. If you want to get direction, you've got to learn how to wait on God. I said, if you want to get direction, you've got to learn to wait on God. And in the society in which we live, we have not been trained to wait on Him. You think about it. You think about it. Computer on over here. Television on over there. iPad on over there. iPod in your ears. Texting with your fingers. Texting with your toes. You know, we get really, really, really happy about the fact that we're connected. But I got a question for you. Connected to what? And connected to whom? You see, what happens is we get so connected with outside things that we're not nurturing our inward life. Our inward man. And I believe this with all of my heart, that hurry is not the will of God. I believe with all of my heart that it is not the will of God for us to be so hurried in life that we're missing out on checking in with Him. Listen to this. I was, uh, I was reading a book last night on solitude, and I was meditating on some things concerning that. And listen to a couple of quotes that I found there. Thinking and not waiting is like going through a, a, a file cabinet that is not there. And uh, so we understand here that I have the wrong quote. I'm looking for it. What'd you do with it? This is an illustrated sermon. This is an, where'd it go? I can't find it. 
we can go and get in such a hurry that we get ahead of God and we miss. You can laugh. That's all right. I'm laughing at myself. Oh, quit it, honey. Quit trying to be such an encouragement. Somebody shout glory. Well, it was good anyway. Thank you, Lord. Now, Jesus had a busy schedule. Didn't he? He had a very busy schedule. But he did not allow his busy schedule to disconnect him. Listen, it is not a question of whether or not you and I are going to be busy. Just by virtue of living in this society, we're going to be busy. But we do not have the right, if you will, to be so busy that we become disconnected with the Father. Jesus was busy, but he stayed connected. He stayed vitally united to the vine. And therefore, he did not get in such a hurry that he got ahead of God. When you're in a hurry, it is so easy to get ahead of God. And so, I believe that it pays rich dividends for you and I to wait on the Lord. Now, I know for sure that the mind will play tricks on you. And that the mind will get so busy sometimes and that we'll get so busy going through that mental file cabinet that we think, well, this would work and that fits there and, you know, this that way and that this way. I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning, stop thinking and start praying. Stop thinking and start praying. Now, listen. Thinking will only lead you down a certain road. It'll lead you into the realm of reasoning. But praying will lead you to your answer. Now, I want you to look with me over at Jude chapter 20, if you would, this morning. Jude 20. And I want us to notice something about praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Um, We are entering in as a church right now. We are entering into a season of the Spirit. And we are entering into an emphasis all month long, starting this morning, on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights, we're going to be talking about this third person of the Godhead. And here's what's happening. Even it started in the first service. The hunger in the congregation is growing. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, does it not? So your awareness of the Holy Spirit in these next 30 days is going to increase. It's going to increase greatly. And your desire and your hunger for him is going to come up several degrees. You know, the Bible said, blessed are they which hunger and thirst. I don't know about you, but I'm more hungry for him now than I've ever been. I'm more thirsty for true and living water now than I've ever been. 
And when we hunger and when we thirst, the Bible says we'll be filled. I don't know whether you're aware of it or not. I wasn't aware of these things growing up as a Catholic. And I love the Catholic Church. I mention some things about my upbringing sometimes. It's kind of funny. I kind of have a cute joke about the Catholic. Is that okay? Remember, we love the Catholics. But you know, one thing that we had to do as little boys and my sister as a little girl, we had to go confess our sins. And my sister had very few, but I had mega. And of course, you know, Saturday afternoon was the day to go confess your sins because Sunday morning you need to be in church. And if you went to church and you had communion with a mortal sin in your life and you died on the way home, you ended up in hell. Right? So I'd go in there and march in the confessional and I'd confess my sins and I'd spent the balance of the afternoon saying the rosary. You know, getting forgiveness. And, uh, you know, I felt condemned coming in, felt condemned going out. But I had communion. Well, there was a mother. There was a mother, you know, her, her boys were rebellious. One's name was Barney. And the other one's name was Bill. Barney and Bill. And this mother wasn't even Catholic, you know, but she was a single mom. And, you know, she had done everything she could to make these guys line up. But Barney and Bill were bad boys. And they were always getting in trouble. She said, well, I'll cure them. I'll just march them down to the Catholic church Saturday afternoon and I'll make them go into the confession and say their confession. And so Barney got in there and... uh, The priest said, son, where is God? Barney went quiet. And he asked him again, son, where is God? Barney started getting a little nervous. The third time, the confessional started rocking. Saying, son, where is God? Barney took off. Bill's on the back row. He says, Bill, let's get out of here. They lost God. They're trying to pin it on us. So, amen. Where were we going with that? Huh? Hallelujah. It's vital, it's important. That we maintain our connection with Him. And that instead of thinking, we do some praying. And in this church right now, we are in a 30-day emphasis of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. Do you know He's real? And He's going to become more real. That's our prayer. That's our quest. Now listen, one thing that I know for sure, that the way that the Holy Spirit has become more real to me is not only did I get saved and not only did I experience the Holy Spirit in the new birth, 
way back in March of 1975, I got born again. And there is a work of the Spirit in the new birth, right? But then a couple of weeks later, I not only received the Holy Spirit, I got filled with the Spirit. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so it wasn't just the Spirit within me any longer. It was the Spirit came upon me. And He turned me into another man. And as a result... I'm becoming more like Jesus every day. And he gave me power from on high so that I could live an overcoming life. And he gave me power and gives you power so you can become a witness. Amen. There's no way that we can do the works that Jesus did and greater works than these if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And so there is this outward side and this outward purpose of being filled with the Spirit. The purpose of Pentecost, my friends, is for power from on high. But the benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit are absolutely innumerable. And one of the major benefits of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is being able to speak supernaturally to your heavenly father in a other tongue. To be able to speak in tongues, to be able to speak out of your spirit those words that he knows fully and that he understands. And listen, here's what's happening. We've already got a sign-up sheet going. Because on the 27th of May, it's Pentecost Sunday. And you and I are going to celebrate it. We're going to have so much fire and so much outpouring of the Holy Spirit that many people, some here, some in the first service, some that come Sunday night, some that come Wednesday night, many people are going to experience this baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray. We're going to lay hands upon people. And by the end of the month of May, many of you are going to be turned into another person. We are going to celebrate Pentecost right. Are you listening to me? And we're going to do it in a scriptural way, not a flaky way. It's going to be done decently and in order, but it's going to be done to the glory of God the Father. And let me tell you something else. Listen very carefully. There are others of you that you've leaked. You were filled with the Spirit. You have spoken in tongues. But it's been way too long since you have been partaking of the benefit of communion with the Father by speaking in other tongues. And what God is going to do, He's going to infill you and refuel you and fire your walk up with God. So that by the end of May, you're going to look at yourself and say, you know what? I've been turned into another man. I am not the same. Amen. Now look at Jude 20. I said that all, all that to say this. Don't think, pray. You can't think hard enough to, to get a glimpse of your future. Your answer's not up here. Your answer's down here. Counsel or wisdom in the heart of man is like deep waters. And a man or a woman of understanding will be able to draw that wisdom out. Now notice with me, and I want to look at it in the Amplified Version if we can. In Jude 20. Jude verse 20 in the Amplified. 
says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Everyone say, make progress. progress. I want to make some progress. Okay, he says, rise like an edifice higher and higher. That means progress. Now, how do we do that? By praying in the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Lord is saying. When you stop thinking and you start praying, prayer will bring you closer to your answer. See, there are some things that you got to pray about for a while before you get the answer. But you got to turn this off and look here and start praying and communing with the Holy Spirit. And as you do, it'll bring you closer and closer to the answer. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. In the Amplified Version, everyone shout help. Help Help is here. here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. It says, for he who speaks in an unknown tongue, he doesn't speak to men, but who does he speak to? He speaks to God. For no man understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit, he utters divine secret truths and hidden things. And it's not obvious to the understanding. In other words, there are some things that we ought to know, but we don't know. It's not obvious to us. And the Bible says when we pray in other tongues, we're speaking divine secrets or divine mysteries to him. Now listen very carefully. He knows exactly what you're saying. It's still a secret here. Now look with me at... Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And I want us to look in the Amplified Version. The things you need to know are already available to you. So make some progress by praying in the Spirit and God will begin to reveal to you those things. He says in verse 3, read with me please. He said, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Those things that are fenced in and hidden. Are you seeing that? There are some things that are fenced in. There are some things that are hidden. But oh, when you call upon your helper, he will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Now listen, the spirit of truth is the spirit of knowing. And the spirit of knowing lives on the inside of you. So cooperate with the God who lives on the inside of you by checking in with him regularly and communing with him and communicating supernaturally. And God who is a spirit will unveil and will unfold and will reveal to you and make known unto you, even in your mind and in your soul, that which you should do. For the Holy Ghost lives in you and he is your helper. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? Are you hungry for him today?